This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And good morning, good afternoon. Welcome. You are here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, the only live call-in show here on Pet Life Radio. We're here for you. We're here for your pets. Here to answer your questions, here to talk about anything you want to talk about. So let's do it. A couple of ways to get a hold of me, uh, the good old-fashioned way, a toll-free phone number, 888-378-5888-2. Once again, area code 877-385-8882. So, um, also, uh, you can better yet, a lot more fun, a lot more fun for me, a lot more fun for you, uh, is to join us here live on Google Hangouts. Very simply, you go to PetLifeRadio.com. You go to the Shows tab and click on Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, and you scroll down just a little bit. There's a box with a pretty long, you don't have to memorize it, you don't even have to do anything except click on it, Google Hangouts link, which will bring you live here, straight to us, right on the show. Uh, you can talk to us, ask questions, have your pet on your lap. As I said, this type of communication, you got to get used to it because it's happening now. It's happening big time. It's, it's sort of, in, in a sense, it's like telemedicine where you can sit and talk to the veterinarian live, real time with the videos, with the pet in your lap. And, and interestingly, there are a number of states that are actually considering, which is kind of interesting. Uh, we in veterinary medicine have what's called the VCPR, it's Veterinary Client-Patient Relationship. In order to do diagnosing and prescribing, we have to have a VCPR, which often requires at least a hands-on exam at least once a year with the pet to maintain that VCPR. So if I got a call from someone who needed a refill, even something I gave them 13 months ago, and let's say for allergies, and the dog is flaring up again, but I haven't seen the dog in 13 months, I can't prescribe it because I don't have an active VCPR. But if they were in for any reason during the year, even if it wasn't a full exam, maybe because they was they were in and I just had to look at the ears for an ear cleaning, that would constitute maintaining the VCPR, then I'd be able to do it. Well, so some states, because of what's happening with telemedicine now, is that they are considering being allowed to maintain a VCPR through telemedicine. Uh, it's not actually touching hands-on, but you could see you can feel, you can, I mean, you can take a look at the animal, the, the, the owner can, you know, show the face, lift up, lift up the lips, look at the gum color, you know, all these things. And uh, pretty soon there are going to be actually devices that your pet can wear that can transmit data like respiration rate and heart rate straight to a veterinarian. So these are all things that are happening, really, really cool stuff. So anyway, get used to it. I work with a company called AirVet, and you'll hear a lot more about us. And we're working with your veterinarians to be able to provide you with 24-hour concierge care to make sure your pets are covered all the time. So we're here for you. So join us live on Google Hangouts or give us a call at 877-385-8882. And as you know, we're going to talk about some stuff. I, I don't know if any of you in the West got a chance to see me. You could probably look it up. Last Sunday, the reason I wasn't here live was because I was on KTLA, which is our local affiliate and um, Channel 5, and we did a segment for them. And you can catch the segment online if you go to KTLA 5 Los Angeles under search Dr. Jeff Werber, and you'll see a pretty cool segment. So um, as you know, I like to go through the news, kind of keep you guys up to date on what's going on in the veterinary world. It just helps you be better pet parents. So this is interesting. 
disease-infected ticks carrying what we call Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever. It's a rickettsial disease. And they are, they've been seeing a lot of cases in Mexico, and they believe that these ticks are traveling northward. So if you are in a bordering state or close to Mexico, like California, like Texas, New Mexico, you might be just be on the lookout for these ticks. Make sure you keep your dogs on, and even cats, on a flea and tick preventative. That's very, very important. We do not want any tick carrying Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever to either bite you or your dog. So uh, this is a really sad story. In fact, I sadly have two in a row. This is about a sea lion pup that was found. It was wounded by a discarded diver's mask, got it on his neck. And then as his pup was growing, it started tightening and this poor thing couldn't eat. They found him. He was emaciated and he was on death's door. Fortunately, picked up by SeaWorld's Animal Health and Rescue Center. They cut the mask off. He is in rehab, doing well, and they do think that he is going to be released as early as this week. That's really cool. But another one, not so good, a river otter, and this was at Bays Mountain Park in Tennessee, died, get this, from eating food that people, visitors to the park, threw over into his enclosure. Guys, you got to be smarter than that. When you are going to any of these wild animal parks, everything that they do, everything they eat, everything they're given is very well balanced for that animal. The personnel know what these animals can and can't eat. You don't. So don't start throwing things over into these enclosures because this poor little river otter is now gone because of it. So exercise a little smarts. And then this is a new one. And this is hot off the press. Just so you know, because it was new to me. And all right, so a lot of times dogs, as we know, can get reflux disease, kind of like the equivalent of our heartburn. What do we do? We send them home on ranitidine. We send them home on famotidine, you know, which is the Pepsi AC. So it turns out the study, and I'm just going to just read it to you, that they exercise caution now because with any of these gastric acid suppressants, why? New research is showing that they may interfere with the absorption of other drugs. So if your pet is on antibiotics for some reason or another very important drug, and you give them these gastroprotectants. And this also includes sucrophate. It includes misoprostol, which is called Cytotec. Any of these drugs can be not that they're not harmful, but they might impede the absorption of other medications that your pet's on. And they also might affect the pet's ability to fight enteric, meaning gastrointestinal infections. So not saying don't use them. They're saying use judiciously, don't overuse them. And with this new data, and of course, it's brand new, we're looking for more, I would 100% check with your veterinarian. And um, even mention here that you're, that Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio mentioned something new. Uh, this, as I said, hit the press through the, the Journal of the American Vet Medical Association. And when I report something that comes from JAVMA, you know it's pretty important stuff. So it may, they may not even heard of it yet. You know, a lot of us are backlogged on our, on our reading our journals. So it's pretty new. And, and again, we use these all the time. You probably have had dogs. I'm sure many of you, especially the little pushed in face dogs that you wake up and they spit up this yellow bile, frothy stuff, usually late night, early morning. That is the equivalent of our heartburn. It is gastric secretion coming up. So why? Let's put it this way. We are vertical creatures by nature. So we're standing upright. So when that stuff comes coming up, hits around here, mid-chest, we get that gassy feeling. We get that heartburn, they call it. It has nothing to do with the heart, but it's, it's, it hits that spot, and then it goes down. Dogs are horizontal creatures by nature. So when it starts this pathway from the stomach up the esophagus, 
right? And it keeps going because they're horizontal and they spit up that yellow gastric stomach juice. Really gross stuff. All of us have had, I'm sure, wet burps at times. You know what it tastes like. You know how weird it feels. Well, this happens to dogs much more frequently. So anyway, some solutions would be to give uh, one of these an antacid. Uh, so whether it's a, a ranitidine, Zyrtec, Pepsid, all those things that you can buy over the counter. And these are the things that are, are causing some, maybe cause some issues. So check with the veterinarian and um, just use them if you have to, but go slow. This is also a cute fact, not surprising to any of us who have dogs, but people, there was one surprising catch though. So it said, of course, that people with pets are going to exercise more than people without pets. Why? Because we take them out several times a day. But what this study realized is that it's something about our nature, that even if you don't have your pets in tow, people with pets who own pets, live with pets, exercise more frequently than those that don't. So um, go figure. They say they're riding bikes more, they're, they're, they're playing tennis, they're jogging, whatever the case may be. So even though you're not taking your pet with you, it still gets you to go out and do more. So now, if that's not reason to get a pet, I don't know what is, but it'll get you out there. There was one group, but they studied that didn't satisfy the same thing. And that was, I'm not, I'm not, this is not my study. Don't shoot the messenger. But younger women, right, even with pets, they never take them out. So either they're, who knows, maybe they live in houses with yards. Maybe they, they are hiring people to do the walking, but they did not, for some reason, they did not show this elevation in exercise time. And they also know that they, I guess, in responses to, to questionnaires, they really didn't walk their dogs much. So go figure. Anyway, the difference is that people with pets exercise around 300 minutes a week and people without only 100 minutes per week. So get a dog. Now, another thing, and that is, and again, we mentioned this before, but this is important because this time of year, this is where people are going to go on vacation. This is where we're going to be traveling with pets, whatever. If you, your dog frequents either a doggy daycare facility or a boarding facility, speak to your veterinarian about the influenza vaccine. We are seeing more and more cases of influenza. It is easily preventable with the vaccine. It takes care, it's bivalent, it takes care of both common strains, the H3N2 and the H3N8. So think about it, talk to your vet. Again, if you don't frequent these places, not to worry, but if you frequent these places, you might want to think about that vaccine. And then before we go to break, I'm going to just mention something because it also came from the American Vet Med Association. And this is what I want to spend the second half of the show talking about because now we're starting to see it. You can't see outside here in Los Angeles. It's a little overcast. Oftentimes our days start this way because we're pretty close to the beach, but it's hot. It's getting hotter, many parts of the country. Um, I think someone told me that they were somewhere uh, this past week, it was like 96 degrees or something. I mean, it's getting warmer. So we're going to talk about be on alert to watch for heat-related pet illnesses and things that we can do, the do's and don'ts of having a pet and exercising. We just talked about pet, pets getting exercise. Absolutely. And you want to get out there. The weather's nicer. But there are some things that we need to think about before we just head on outside and take our pets with us. So anyway, don't go away. We'll be right back after these short messages. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? 
Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite for life. Pick up two tubes of Dogosuds. Get the third tube free. Peppermint, tea tree, lavender, Dogosud shampoo. Made with all-natural coconut, jojoba, aloe. Great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. But no itchy, harsh chemicals. Lather up, rinse away. Try Dogosuds. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. You are here live with Dr. Jeff Berber, and we're going to talk about. Pets and heat. It is getting hot out there in many places, ridiculously hot. So a couple of things you just need to know, and these are really just basics. First of all, exercise. It's a must. We want to get out there and exercise. It's good for us. We want to get rid of the the, the extra winter weight many of us have put on, and uh, our dogs included. And uh, so you want to get out there. But understand that because it gets so hot during the day, you want to exercise early morning and later into the evening. And a couple of things about late evening, just remember also that during the day, that pavement is getting really hot. It retains heat much longer than, than when after the sun goes down. So even at 7, 8, 9 o'clock p.m., the pavement might still be pretty hot. And in some parts of the country, I mean, I was in Las Vegas. I was doing a segment on their Fox affiliate. And i flying into Vegas for a morning show. I flew in. We landed at 11.30 p.m. I was just going to basically go to the hotel, you know, hit the bed, and then early morning, head on to the studio. So as we're landing... It was uh, on well, Southwest Airlines. You know, if you phone Southwest, they try to be really cutesy tootsy. So they were um, just saying, "Oh, and, and it's a it's a warm, mild, 106 degrees." Uh, and I'm thinking, "Yeah, right, 106 degrees at, at 11:30 p.m." Right? It was 106 degrees that day. It was 116 or something. Anyway, bottom line is, it gets really hot. So you think about maybe some booties. You can put some because you want to watch your pet's feet, and also so they don't get a lot of stuff in tar. Um, that's stuck in between the toes, make sure to take your dog to the groomer or the veterinarian and have them shave all the hair from inside the bottoms of the paws, okay? And then maybe put some booties on. Another good idea, when you're going to walk them, take them you know, out, obviously they need to stay well hydrated. And I have a number of suggestions for that. So number one is at night, you should take a bandana and soak it really wet. Roll it up so now it's long and, and just like a, a, like a rope and stick it in the freezer. And then, so what happens is in the morning, you can, when you wrap it around their neck and it's going to, A, it's going to be nice and cool. As the ice melts, uh, it'll be nice and moist. Another thing, make sure you stop frequently. Make sure to bring plenty of water. Um, There's a a great little thing. I thought I had a sample with me, but I don't, called Dog Sport, D-O-G-S-P-O-R-T. It's a little, like a a nozzle that goes on top of any plastic water bottle. And it has a little uh, hook that you can clip onto your belt. So you can, it just basically allows you to attach the water bottle to your belt, almost like a, a canteen or a thermos. And then you just take the top off and it, they can lick it. It doesn't, doesn't spill. You can turn it upside down, but it's got one of those little balls, like a, almost like a hamster cage. And as they're licking, they're getting water and it's clean. It's neat. You're not going to get yourself all wet. That's a great idea. So look for that dog sport. Another thing, if you're going to take your dog to a park and you want to run around and play and you're going to still do it early in the morning or later in the evening, Think about Chuck It has some, a whole line of hydro toys. And basically, they're fun toys 
that absorb a lot of water. So it's like they have one like a disc. It's like a, a Frisbee that's like full of water. They have one that's just a bumper. It's like a big bone that you throw. So when the dog goes and gets it and sticks it in their mouth and runs back, they're just getting a mouthful of water. So they're getting water while they're playing. And they don't even know they're sitting and drinking because a lot of times they don't stop enough to drink. If you are hiking with them, as I said, bring the water along with you. Try to stay in the shade, even still, and take frequent stops, frequent rest stops. Let them have some water. Go slow. That's very important. Now, another thing is that you need to recognize the signs of, of when your dogs are getting really, really hot. So one of the things that, that one of the problems basically is they love us so much that they, if we keep going, they're going to keep going. So we got to read them if they are panting excessively. You know, look, dogs' body temperature is, is warmer than ours anyway, 100 to 102 degrees normal. So you can put your hand in front of their panting, you know, and if you if that air coming out feels super hot, it probably is. So you might want to stop and uh, let them drink. Now, if they start really slowing down, you know that if a dog who loves to chill with you, loves to rest with you, but also loves to run with you, if they start slowing down and they stop keeping up with you, you know that is a problem. So you got to stop. And I always recommend you should, wherever you are hiking, especially if it's someplace that you don't frequent, Make sure you know the closest emergency facility. And once it hits after, say, 9 a.m., or I would not take until 7 or 8 p.m., do not take your dogs out. In the middle of the day, I've had, I mean, I've already had a couple of cases of, you know, heat stroke because these dogs are out running around. They're taking them to the, on the hiking trail or they're going to the dog park at 2 in the afternoon on a hot day. That's insane because they're going to, you know, they're going to just want to run and play if other dogs are there, whatever. And they don't have a stop button. At least we can sense that feeling of overheating, of being tired. We want to take a breather. Dogs don't. They will just keep going until it's really too late. We had a dog coming the other day. Temperature was 106. So if that happens, if your dog really just seems hot, if you're lucky enough to carry a thermometer with you, I'm sure most of you don't. That's okay. You want to wet them down. Just take some, a hose and wet them down with water. Take if, you're, if you've got water with you, pour it over them. And you don't necessarily want ice cold water. In fact, just regular Normal temperature tap water is fine. And if you have any rubbing alcohol, remember dogs, heat exchange happens through their feet and the tips of their nose. Don't put alcohol on their nose, but you can on their feet. So if you want to take a little rubbing alcohol, that might help draw some of the heat out. And uh, But the really key is just wet them down, get them in a shade, and let them relax. Now, what about cars? Well, we all know, never, never leave your dog in a parked car, not even for a few minutes, not even in the shade, not even with cracked windows, because... Remember, I just, we just talked about how hot their breath is. Their own body temperature is 101, 102, 102 and a half. So um, as they're panting and they're in that enclosed car, even with the window cracked, even in the shade, it's not necessarily the outside heat coming in that we're worried about. It's their own heat from within. So they're sitting and panting. They're getting all anxious. And that car becomes a steam room. And I've seen temperatures going as high as in 10 minutes as high as 115 degrees. So it's really, really dangerous. And, you know, in many states, uh, and I, I would warn you to maybe take video before you do it, but if you see a dog in a parked car, you know, in the sun, you can actually take a brick and break the window. By law, you're allowed to. However, just make sure that you can substantiate, prove that it was hot, the dog was in there, and you tried whatever you could first, and then break that window and then get that dog out of there. How about at home? So when you're going to leave dogs outside during the day, which is fine, 
um, make sure they have access to shade, plenty of water. Here's another trick, that a couple of tricks I do. Number one is because um, sometimes um, dogs are, especially young, playful dogs might play with the water bowl because it's more than just a water bowl. It's a toy. So start that, take their water bowl, fill it, stick it in the freezer overnight. And in the morning, you set it out. It's one huge block of ice. And then they obviously can't eat, drink the whole thing at once. They can't really play with it. It it adds some weight. So just go ahead. And um, as the ice melts during the day, they can have access to water. Another thing, I love this. and I I did find this little prop. It's called the Lixit. So this is a little device that you put right onto your spigot, the hose spigot. And it, this little thing at the bottom, when they lick it, it, it doesn't drip. But when they lick it, that's what I call licks it, get it? This thing pushes back and forth. And every time it rolls from side to side, water comes out. So again, it's almost like having that forever water source, but it's not dripping all over your backyard. Another really cute idea, and uh, because some dogs who do like to play with the water bowls, if you have a grassy area where you can you know, give them some water, that check this out. You take, you got it's it's a visual. Sorry, I don't have a I don't have a pan with me. A bunt pan, a cake pan with the hole in the middle. If you make a chiffon cake, all right, you take a wooden dowel, maybe a, you know an inch diameter, three quarter inch diameter, and pound it into the ground. So about a foot of it, two a foot and a half, is sort of above ground. Then you take your bunt pan, you fill it with water, and slide it right over your dowel. So now basically the water bowl is anchored. It can't be tipped over. So the dog, the only way the dog is going to get rid of the water is to drink it. So they're not going to spill the water out. They're not going to be able to play with it. And um, so that's a great little trick. Also, just to make sure that they have access to water all day long. So we talked about the uh, access to water, no car, booties for the feet, a bandana, or, or obviously bring water, some hydro toys. There are so many suggestions. These are things that will keep your pet safe. The key really is A, to recognize their signs and weakness, excessive panting, want to slow down, or if they just lie down, especially if they if they finally sit down and lie on their side and you can see that chest just pumping away, that's a problem, that's emergency. You got to get him or her to a veterinarian right away. So it's very important to know where they are, uh, which the veterinarians are close by. So um, if you have any topics that you'd like me to discuss. The time to do it is anytime you can get a hold of me at drjeff, Dr. Jeff at petliferadio.com. You can, if you send anything to Pet Life Radio for me, for Dr. Jeff, I will get it anyway. Get, they get forwarded to me. And um, we've had some really good questions in the past. And even though many of you are obviously very shy because we have a call-in, live call-in show, and many times nobody's calling in. So that means you know everything, which is great. Boy, you're the best pet parent in the world, or you're very shy, or maybe you're doing something on a Sunday morning and can't get to it. You know, sometimes if you listen to our podcasts after the shows, then you uh, can't get me live, but you can send me an email, you can send me a note, and I will get it, and we can talk about it on our next show. So um, anyway, I am not in town next week, so you'll have a week off from me live, but you will get one of our great shows from the past. And uh, other than that, I'll be here until um, I am on on July 9th. I'll be gone for uh, 20 days as I'm going on my very first safari, going to South Africa and Tanzania. And I'm very excited about it. Um, Obviously, I'm an animal nut. And uh, I am looking so forward to uh, really getting to see them in their natural habitats. 
and uh, we will report. I'm going to try. We just told uh, Mark, our producer, I'm going to see if I can transmit a live show from um, from the one of the reserves that will be and in South Africa or in Tanzania. That'd be really, really cool. So anyway, once again, thanks for joining me here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Have a wonderful week or two, and uh, we will be back. And if you have any subjects, anything you want to talk about uh, pertaining to your pets, let me know, and we'd love to talk about them. So have a great week, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.